report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're going to be discussing Season 2, Episode 18 of Rebels, titled The Mystery of Chopper Base. Now, I don't think we have any announcements today, so let's get straight into the episode rundown. Um, You know what? I'll run this one for tonight. Uh, It is Rebel Season 2, Episode 18, The Mystery of Chopper Base, written by Stephen Melching and directed by Bosco Ning. The synopsis for the episode is the Rebels finally locate a potential site for a secret base, but find their new home is not as isolated as originally believed. Spiders. Why did it have to be spiders? Creepy crawly ones that uh, if I saw the... Yes, I did watch Rebels... um, the, the, I watched the Rebels thing, and instead recon? of being yeah Rebels recon, thank you. Um, slow night tonight, busy weekend by the way. Um, yeah. But it was a thing to where they used and borrowed a Ralph McQuarrie design for the spiders instead of having the eight legs. I think McQuarrie did, and these ones they decided to cut them down for better animation and made them what six legs. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe so. Yeah, the uh, the Krekna, I believe they're called. Uh, as you said, Tom, they're they're based on uh, Ralph McQuarrie concept art of arachnids on Dagobah, um, and yeah, they did they decrease the number of legs just purely for the ease of animation. Yeah, it's really hard to blame not, them for that. No, it, it's not hard to blame them. It's really nice that they are pulling. They're using a lot of the a lot of reference from the uh, original material. To bring into this, yeah. which is kind of nice. Well, I mean, that was the whole point of this. this I mean, from the very beginning, the show has always referenced and, and, and pulled in Macquarie artwork from from Yoda to even the design of Lothal. So, um, you know, it's, it's good. And once, once again, being inspired by, by Macquarie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, but no, the, the whole episode is... Uh, I mean, it, it's it's all about the new rebel base that they finally found, right? Because at the end of the last episode, they jumped to a random, uh, not a random, but uh, the, an unknown location given to, to them by AP five and uh, and Chopper. I remember they were they were relying on Chopper, when, and nobody was very thrilled about that. Uh, and they they arrive at this planet called Atalon, which um, you know, we haven't really seen before. It's kind of like about like a, a coral almost like a coral reef type structure in, in the atmosphere. So it's like if you took something that would be in the sea and put it on land, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. very interesting style. Yeah. I thought uh, it was really cool. See, actually. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Steven. I, was, yeah, I thought it looked, it was a cool design and I, I thought it works pretty well for this planet. For sure. And, and we, and we get to see kind of um, how the rebels, uh, react and how they deal with like setting up a base and making sure it's secure. And uh, once again, it's kind of a change of pace. Uh, you know, I was going into this expecting, um, you know, a, a big like action-packed thing. It's more of like a slow burn mm-hmm. in many ways. Uh, yeah. But you can definitely see that they're building up to the finale now. And so I'll admit, like the first time I watched it, I was kind of like, 
eh, I don't know about the episode. But the second time I watched it, I really enjoyed it. So, um, yeah. I'd have to agree with that. I thought the second time through it was a, it was a good episode. But yeah, it did. I, I'd agree. It did start off slow, but you know, it did build. Which you know, again, it's building to what's going to be happening next week. So yeah, and it's they're starting to throw a lot of hints in this in this episode at least on kind of where we're going for the end of the season. So like mm-hmm. the episode right after the uh, ghost arrives. Kanan and Ezra, you know, working with lightsabers, I guess, in a kind of training mode, which I think this is the first time we've seen, mm-hmm. if I can recall. It's seen in, uh, uh, in TV or in film, but we've mm-hmm. heard, heard about it many, many times in, uh, in the books and, and et cetera. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember this, this I, lightsaber training mode. Uh, see, I always knew there was a, they had training sabers. I didn't realize they were the same lightsabers, though. I think it was – so that's a fair point. I think it was unclear – because I, I personally, I've always been confused. Like, is it a new saber or a different saber? Is it the the same one with a different mode? Right. I've kind of gone back and forth. Uh, I, so I've never really been f- completely sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's an excellent excellent point. It might be their their different sabers, but the the, but, the idea of a, a saber with like a, a lightsaber with like a low power mode um, is really cool. And I love the way they did it. How they had a slightly more. Uh, the 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 blade wasn't as bright uh as you it looked like it was at a low power it had like a really cool sound effect mm-hmm. i thought it was really well done yeah i was impressed with it yeah and and it also kind of worked because if the lightsaber did have a low power mode it still has them able to train with like Ezra the way he's got his lightsaber built he's got that stun gun built inside of it so he was able to basically train using both at the same time, because I believe there was a line that Kanan says, you know, you stole that move. And Ezra comes back and says, well, you know, I can steal from, or I steal from the best. So it shows that he's mm-hmm. learning. And he's, yeah, like, they have this, well, go ahead, Stephen. I was saying, and they have this really nice discussion about, you know, Ezra thinks the only solution is to kill the, uh, kill the inquisitors and Kanan's like mm-hmm. well no the goal is really to survive everything else is you know a benefit mm-hmm. once again kind of hinting at a potential uh darker side to Ezra in many ways where he says kill is the only way to mm-hmm. to win mm-hmm. basically uh which is which is very yeah, exactly. interesting mm-hmm. uh, I, I also just like the the whole fight sequence in general was was pretty cool just you know seeing the two of them kind of spar and you can see just how far they've come since the beginning of the season mm-hmm. yeah uh and, and the series where you know now they're they're kind of um i, I don't want to say ezra is a he, he's not quite kanan's match yet you know um, I say he's got a way but, to go but, before he's that match sure he, he yeah. has lots to learn but he's also in, gaining in power to the point where like you know, he's able to, what he thinks t- is take out or beat Kanan only to discover that, um, you know, Kanan has, has got him beat as well. Like, kind that, of like, you know, mutually defeated each other, basically. Yeah, that was actually one of the coolest things that you, how it was boarded and presented was actually cool to where it, it did, as you mentioned, uh, William, Ezra thought he had the drop on him until he looked down and Kanan had the lightsaber basically turned toward his gut. So it would yeah. have been a draw. Mm-hmm. So that was exactly. beautifully done. 
you know, and then on top of that, was this the first time you've actually seen, on top of them spar sparring, they actually had an audience. I think Sabine was there watching this, and I can't remember if it was Zeb or Hera there as well, watching this whole yep. thing uh, going yeah, It was on. Sabine and Hera, yeah. yeah, and they were talking about, I mean, they basically made a lot of the same comments we did, in it, and they're talking about, you know, how much they progressed, and, you know, the, the usual, like, back and forth, mm -hmm. you know, jabs between... Uh, Ezra and Sabine, but you know the 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 sentiment is still the same. You know, you, hey, you guys have come a long way. Yeah. So I I really like that that moment at the beginning, and we got we you know we got some nice exposition in there, but also with action now. I, I enjoyed the scene. Mm -hmm. But uh, but moving on to a uh, Atalon. Sorry, I keep calling it Atalon, which is not correct. It's Atalon. Um, mm -hmm. kind of like they uh they landed. Atalon in the front yard. Um, Jeez. Nope. Nope. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no. <laughs> wow. Anyway. Um, so the, the rebels land, they get off the ship, and I mean, it's kind of cool to see, you know, I, mean, I feel like we say this every episode now, but really everything coming together from the, the hammerhead ships to AP5 is here now to you know the um, all the the, the A wings just kind of Rex is here, so like everything is coming together, and it's really really cool. I I, I like it a lot. Um, we find out that uh, Adalon is not on any star chart, and um, we also get a really interesting uh, facial expression from Kanan as he as he gets off the ship, demonstrating yeah. his excitement, which was a little bit over the top, but kind of funny to see, I guess. Yeah, it was one of those few moments that was just a little bit too far, I think. Well, I, okay, I wouldn't say it was a little over the top. It was over well, the top. Rebel <laughs> Rebels has okay. usually been pretty good about not going too far, and I was, I was like, it was like, okay, you know what? That's that's strike one, but it's okay. Okay, you yeah, it, it it did come out of nowhere. It did come out of nowhere, but it made a point. But it was nice that they made the point and they moved on with that. So I I, I agree. I'd give him that one shot. If it came back again, then I would have groaned harder. Yeah. 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 But as we see in Hoth in episode five, the first thing you do when you found rebel base is you plant sensors on the perimeter. In this case, we have a <laughs> Lieutenant Dicer, who's the pilot who uh, meets an unpleasant end, or at least I, I think we're supposed to assume she does. Oh, she, she definitely, she definitely does. Why, why did they uh, she... try and save her? They could have saved her. It was possible. Maybe. They got Rex. Yeah. Well, that's when we're introduced to the, the, the Krikna. And, um, yeah, you know, and, and very quickly they find out that, oh no, uh, Lieutenant Dicer has not reported for duty. Uh, and, and they send out a, a search party after her. Um, yeah. And this scene, we're also introduced to these, uh, these small shelled creatures called Dokma. Uh, which are, are often eaten by the Krikna. Um, but the interesting thing here is, did you guys catch what Zeb called the uh, the Dogma that was bothering him? Uh, I think as right as they were landing, I was like, one of them scurrying along some crates. Oh yeah, the little. You're talking about the little creature things, right? Yeah, the, like the shelled creature, the, the small shelled creature. They're yeah. called Dogma, but but as Zeb actually not knowing their name. He actually called them, you know, get out of here. He's actually like something to the effect of like, get out of here, Bogan. Uh, 
which is very interesting because Bogan was the original name for the dark side. And as we learned a few episodes ago, the Lasat used the the original name for the light side, Ashla, for the Force, basically. Hmm. So we actually get to see both Ashla and Bogan being used in this case. And so so it must mean something to the Lasat, you know, that's like, get out of here, you know, you evil thing or darkness or whatever, whatever you want to call it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And we Nothing get else a, to say there, I guess. <laughs> yeah, the, they were interesting. Nice tie to some old, you know, old okay. piece. Maybe, maybe I was the only one who, who thought it was interesting. But. No, I, no, I was it, speechless. I'm was sorry. <laughs> it was interesting. Yeah. You weren't totally wrong. Okay. Um, but, oh, and my notes froze. Okay. okay well, the, the other thing, when you go back to the sparring between Kanan and Ezra, you have this thing where, you know, Hera's looking on. She has a feeling that, that they're going to be leaving at some point. And then I think this is the point in which Kanan, like, finally admits that, you know, they are going to be leaving. He and Ezra need to leave. You know. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of the discussion that runs throughout the whole episode, right? Because... <clears throat> uh, because you can see Hera starts to, um, uh, she starts to, to, to kind of say, "Oh no, we have to be able to uh, operate without the Jedi helping us." And um, you know, she, there are multiple comments about how you know he, they don't really want to them to leave. And actually, one really nice scene that I, that I enjoyed, you know, Sabine and Rex, you know, take the Phantom to investigate the missing pilot, Lieutenant Dicer, but. Uh, Kanan, I'm sorry, not Kanan, uh, Zeb, uh, we find, is actually kind of hanging out in his own little spot. He found uh, a nice little place to hang out and kind of, you know, put it up and relax. And, uh, and and Ezra walks up. And I really enjoyed this scene because one thing that's kind of bothered me uh, about the show so far is I feel like there's there's too much yelling and too much conflict, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want everything to be always you know happy and and perfect. But uh, we talk about how the the ghost the crew of the ghost is a is a is a family. Um, but I feel like all we often get are they're either fighting together on the same side, or if they're not in the middle of a battle, they're kind of bickering and kind bickering of between fun each other. other. Yes, which has its you know it can be good at times, but it can also go be too far. And so I really, really liked this this scene because we get Ezra walking up uh, to Zeb, and they have a, just a nice, normal conversation where they talk about, you know, there's, you know, about how Ezra has to leave and whether they'll come back, and uh, you know, Zeb's like, oh, you know, we'll we'll have won the war by the time you get back, and mm-hmm. you know, it, it's just a really nice conversation where they're not teasing or yelling, uh, and they're kind of just acting like brothers mm-hmm. in many ways. Or friends, I really, really enjoyed that about this episode. I I enjoyed it because you've got he was basically playing rock and roll. I mean, that was very interesting music that was there. But you know, Zeb Zeb is a yeah. rocker. You can you can say that, and it's almost like you wanted to see him with an umbrella, beach umbrella over him as he's sitting back in a chair with his feet up, and the waves crashing over the sand. And it was a really cool moment in. In, in, in a rebel season that I don't think we've had any kind of moments like this. 
So, no, it was it was very much like the quiet. And actually, when we saw the preview clip, I I almost thought like it'd be the end of the episode, based on the way the the kind of the clip ends with the kind of fading out with the with the music in the background and everything. But no, it's not even a commercial break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now this is a very interesting thing that I want to bring up here. So you've got Sabine and Rex trying to find that A-wing pilot that went missing. And they get attacked by the uh, the I don't have my Krikna. glasses on. Thank you. I don't have my glasses on because I can't <laughs> yep. read it. So it's that, okay. But you could you could also call them the spider thing. I okay. I think that's also acceptable. Thank you. I'm gonna call them the spider thingies. So they get attacked and Rex gets captured. Now, at a moment, you're sitting there going, Okay, wait a minute. Is this the last time we're gonna see Rex? Because this did feel like the kind of episode where there's some resolutions coming at the end of the season. Is this where we see a resolution to Rex's character? Or in this season? No. Well, I, yeah. But no. but it, it had I mean, it had that feeling to it for me at least. You know, because here's the thing that kind of bothered mm-hmm. me a little bit later, and I don't want to jump ahead, but the A-wing pilot's gone, can't find her. Yeah, right. yep. they go on a rescue mission for Rex, and, and Rex he's like right there. Yeah, he's right there. Okay, why is it? I mean, is it because yeah. A-wing pilots taste better than clones? And I think clone they had already eaten the later. A-wing pilot, therefore they were full and were saving him for later. Did you see how many were there? There were a ton of them. Yeah, I was going to say. So basically, there were a lot. They don't need much though. They just kind of nibble. So basically, they, so basically, they ate one now and saved him for later. The old I don't know. Yeah, now it, and later. It is. It is work. very convenient. Yeah. That that Rex survived and uh, Lieutenant Dicer did not. Yeah. Uh, I think that's because one happens to be a fan favorite character who we you know <laughs> spend a lot of time with. Yep. And the other one happens to be a character that has only been in one episode and was created just for the purpose of dying. Now, is that like the character that we saw in, um, in Clone Wars called the Jedi master called I'm a gonna die. Yeah. I'm a gun die. Yeah. Now, exactly. actually I, I got to throw this out there. I don't know if you guys play that, uh, that star Wars, Oh, star Wars galaxy of heroes. He's actually in that game. Really? I may, yes. I may play it a little bit too much. <laughs> oh, you do play it a little too much? Are you the one that's at level 70 that I that I have as my... Um... Yeah, okay. I'm probably the level 70. I've, I also started hitting number one in my arena shard this okay. week as well. So Okay, then you play it a little too much because I'm, I'm... I play it a little too much. <laughs> we, can, we can figure this out later. Okay, yeah, we'll figure that out later. But, but I was surprised. So, so I take it, Steven, you've also seen I'm Gonna Die. I'm a gun die, the famous Jedi who definitely didn't die. Yeah, he didn't die because he's in this game. But that's neither here nor there. We got to get back to this. Episode. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, uh, to your point, Tom, I think. So the first time I watched this episode, it was at, I want to say, 1230 mm-hmm. you know, in the morning past midnight. And uh, so I was a little bit tired. I was actually so tired. I started to fall asleep a couple of times. Uh, which is why I think I enjoyed the episode better. My this my second viewing. Note to self: Don't watch an episode while you're falling asleep. Yep. Um, but uh, I did start to think like I I wonder is you know is Rex actually are they actually going to kill Rex off? But it's not a, not a big enough moment for him. Yeah. And as we not, see, you know, he, honorable. Yeah, and as we see, they, he's he's easily rescued. Right. They had a couple moments in this episode where I'm like, I I wonder. Like we we had like that conversation between Zeb and Ezra. I'm like this. 
this feels like it could be like that final conversation between these two characters. Mm-hmm. Is Ezra going to well, die? Well, probably not. But could well, Zeb? I don't know. No, well, okay, so here's what I think, right? Because we know that, uh, according to Dave Filoni, the next episode, or the next two, technically, because it's a two-parter, but it's airing on the same night, um, that's going to feature exclusively Kanan and Ezra and the Inquisitors. It's basically, you know, the battle of the Jedi versus the Sith, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Vader, all that kind of stuff, Darth Maul. Our rebel heroes will not feature in the episode at all. So this is the last time we see them this season. So this is kind of their their send off for this episode. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, we're not going to see anything else around like Zeb, maybe you know, or any characters dying. What I think could be the case, and I, and um, I think this is possible is you know, what if Ezra starts to turn to the dark side? Mm-hmm. Right. What if because they they kind of lay a lot of seeds. Um, they have been all all season. And maybe, uh, I mean, this this episode in particular had some more more hints. But mm-hmm. if he turns to the dark side, that would explain why they're kind of having this this last moment between them before they they head out. Mm-hmm. True. Or Dave Filoni's just messing with us and wants to think something's going to happen because of all the the big moments that the different characters have. Well, I, I think uh, we'll find out soon enough the answer. I mean, at the end, we... Hera and 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 Kane. I almost said Han. Hera and Kane have their. I was like, what? no, I was actually thinking Han Solo. Um, have this hug that's very reminiscent of Leia and Han in mm-hmm. The Force Awakens. Their yep. last hug, basically. Um, so who knows? Who knows what's going to happen here? True. Soon enough. So. Uh, so, you know, let's get back to the section to where before Rex uh, gets taken and brought down into the, the hole to be saved later, um, I find it interesting that this is how th- these spiders are totally armored except for one spot, which does make sense. It's shooting out an eye. And that actually does help them get away because they figured out if they shoot out the eye, naturally they'll kill them. But that's able to get them out of the area and get them all back to the ghost. Or at least... Okay. well. Or, sorry, have the ghost come rescue them. Well, or, so Rex gets Rex gets taken off. Sabine's on kind of doing her last stand. Um, I This is the like last moment where any of our rebels were any good at shooting things, I felt. Because like, we <laughs> yeah. established very quickly, okay, shoot them in the eye and you're good to go. And then they miss a lot. And I have issues with this as well. But we'll yeah, I... I mean, they have a bunch of eyes, and yeah, you know, you're, you're aiming at an eye, but it's a fairly large, bulbous eye that mm-hmm. kind of sticks out, and I feel like it's a fairly easy target. On well, such a I, it target. should be. I also have an issue with any uh, creature that's like, oh, these creatures are completely immune to blasters somehow. Like, even when the ghosts, you know, turrets are firing, which, you know, destroy Typhoon's on a yeah. basis. That should have done something. Like, if, if these creatures really are that resistant... Um, maybe someone would have, you know, used them. I mean, I guess no one's been to the planet before, but still, someone, it would have been a different story. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have this case of like, oh, they're, like, the Rebels now have the, the material that will let them forever defeat the Empire because no one can, like, just cover their ships with it and then no one can kill them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It bothered me. No, I, I, it actually bothered me as well because for, for all the points you said it. I was going to reiterate and then I realized that, you know, that'd be pointless since you made an excellent, you did an excellent job uh, stating it yourself. But, Good job. Uh, but yeah, Good 
Good job. Yeah, I, 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 I totally agree with you. The other thing I was really impressed by um, was there's the Sabine's backing up towards the uh, the sensor, and the you know the uh, the Krikna stop chasing her for a moment. Mm-hmm. And of uh-huh. course, like we later know that oh, it's because the they're repelled by the transponder. I completely missed that the first time I, I watched the episode. Mm-hmm. I assumed that they just knew the ghost was coming, like they could hear it, and they backed off as a result of uh. that. Uh-huh. And so I. It wasn't until much, much later in the episode, or like I watched it the second time, I'm like, oh, like that's that's really clever. Like there are a couple of moments where they avoid the sensor, but there's a, something else going on that makes you think, like, oh, maybe that's why. Mm-hmm. It's not, in fact, the, you know, whatever. Yeah, but yeah, definitely. But that also brings up something interesting. I think it's in the show notes for later about how a certain ship got stuck, and that frequency could not be kind of pumped through the sh- yeah. Yeah, so uh, I, yeah. I heard a, I heard a groan. So let's let, let's get to the rescue of uh, Rex then. <laughs> well, first Zeb channeling the inner Steven, which is the UG. Anything more than two legs is just excessive. Mm-hmm. I actually absolutely. really like that line. Yeah, it that's is fun. absolutely true. <laughs> Zeb knows he still, exactly he still has a sense of humor in the face of battle. And the and actually the way that Steve Blum delivered it was just perfectly like ugh. More than two legs is just excessive. Yeah. <laughs> or, I, I mean, he, he did a much better job than I can. But I, I really enjoyed that part. It's okay. William, that's what he gets paid to do. So Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But uh, I, I loved the, scene, the scenes while they're going through the cave. Because especially because I'm not, I have, you know, arachnophobia. The fact that we had this kind of tense lighting and everything made this, this entire sequence was just perfect. Mm-hmm. Like it, I I genuinely felt like oh, I'm a little nervous here. Like, what's gonna happen? A little claustrophobic, a little scared of spiders. Mm-hmm. It was it was extremely well done. Yeah. So you know what this whole sequence reminded me of in the caves? Uh, I think you were gonna bring something up about. Um, it feels. Uh huh. About uh, Geonosis and the yeah. Geonosis and Queen from the Clone Wars. Yeah, it feels exactly like. The uh, the whole um, uh, the I think was it the was it the landing in Port Rain arc? I'm trying to remember where they go back yeah. to Geonosis. Uh, like, no, there was a second arc. It was yeah, it was the second one. It was the brain brain invaders one. Oh oh, now oh, now I'm trying to remember, but oh. but you know they, they they go through the Geonosian caves and they meet the the Geonosian queen. And uh, now I'm actually trying to I'm pull it up and remember exactly which which arc this was in, but. Um, I thought it was a it was you know it was it was a cool uh, it was a cool arc for sure, and um, I, 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 anyway it, it felt exactly like that in many ways. Yeah, mm-hmm. from the lighting, which was fantastic, really well, well done, to the um, to just everything that was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but when when they um, from the Clone Wars when they were going through those caves, did it ever have a situation to where? Zeb was trying to turn on a flashlight and couldn't do it. And then Ezra just turns on his lightsaber saying, oh, basically, I got you covered. I can use my lightsaber as a flashlight where yours doesn't work. I, I yeah. missed that scene both times through the episode. Really? Really? Even, oh, it was so great. I, I believe it. I was just very, very, yeah, frustrated. Uh, but, so, no, okay. it, it was the – I think it was the landing at Point Rain arc. Sorry. Okay. Because um, it's it was landing at Point Rain, then Weapons Factory, Legacy of Terror, Brain Invaders. Mm-hmm. I think it was that whole, yeah, that whole arc in season two. But uh, but sorry, anyway, uh, the lightsaber. No, it was it was great because 
you know, Zeb's like he's flicking the he's like flicking the switch and the lightsaber trying to turn it on. It's not working. And so Ezra just ignites his lightsaber and kind of looks over at Zeb like, ha ha, look, you know, my, look what I could do. And he just like smacks him. Now you've got a point where as they're going through the tunnels, they hear Rex calling. Okay. And then they finally find him. He's trapped in the ceiling because it appears he's inside one of the creature's legs. Now, now this is where it's like, okay, you have Rex captured in the legs of a spider and they didn't take care of him at that point where they took care of that A-wing pilot. But he's inside one of the spiders, which is very funny because I love the line where it's like, you know, I've met the neighbors. I don't care for them. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, really good. That line. was great. But but I, what I would say that I think one of the even the bigger moments in this whole scene is uh, is where Ezra tries to use the force on the Krikna. Mm-hmm. Because as you know, you know, the whole season he has been experimenting with his force powers and, and you know how he can uh, how he can control these different uh, creatures from the pergils to um, to, to the space whales to, you know, oh, that's that was the pergils. Uh, <laughs> well, let's not forget the loath cats. I mean, he's the loath cats, cats all the time. Yeah. yeah. He, he's used the force on many, many different types of creatures mm-hmm. throughout this series and, uh, and always successfully. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the first time where he tries to use the force and he's rebuffed it. He completely fails. In fact, it actually starts to attack him. It's like, mm-hmm. it's more agitated. Uh, which was really interesting to see uh, and shows that, you know, while yes, his powers are growing, he's not, uh, he's not quite as strong as he, as he thought. But it's at that point that you just mentioned, William, that he's using the force on them and the spider thingy was going to attack him. That's why I kind of brought up, is it possible that it's more of a dark side force sensitive than a light side? And the light side is the thing that's kind of like making that spider at that point agitated. I don't think so. No. Okay. Um, I just thought he, that here's why. Out there. Okay. I think that's a great theory, the, yeah. and I would probably be with you uh, because I think in the in we've talked about in, in previous episodes how you know oh did he have to kind of use the dark side to control their minds mm-hmm. or something? Um, the reason why I say no is because in Rebels Recon, uh, Dave Filoni or it's Pablo Hidalgo, uh, I'm trying to remember, what said that. He oh. could not control the mind of the Krikna because they're too foreign to him, too unfamiliar. Uh, he can control the minds of, of creatures that are he, he's familiar with and mm. he knows he can relate to. Right. But he can't relate to the Krikna right. at all, and that's why he can't. Uh, okay, he can't control them, which I is think, kind of a, a fascinating. Yeah, thing. and I think at that point of Rebel Three, kind of may have turned away from it because I do remember that I do remember I think it was Pablo Hildago discussing that point, so I. Apologize for that. It was very interesting. No, no. Theory, it, it, that's a it's a great theory. There's yeah. no need to apologize. Um, yeah. But uh, it, it's it's very interesting. And and at the end, I mean, um, when he tries to connect to the creature again, we get a, a very kind of a, um, a a slow, quiet version of the Imperial March, the same one we hear in the Emperor's throne room and other parts of Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you you know you may not even notice the Imperial March unless you. Listen really carefully, um, and yeah. So, why do you think they're playing the Imperial March during this the, sequence? You're talking about the end sequence, right? Yeah, the end of yeah. The episode. It was that entire sequence. Just, I feel like I'm missing something there, because there's this big, like they make this big point about 
you know, he tries to control and then fails. And mm-hmm. then he you know, leans back and sees this owl circling as this ominous music plays. And I just, like, that entire time I'm looking, I'm like, I, I feel like I'm missing something, but I don't know what. And then, of course, Vader's theme starts to play. And it's, I think it's, maybe it's just that, you know, there's a storm on the horizon for Ezra. Maybe it's inner turmoil. Maybe that's the maybe that's the thing to where maybe Ezra's to the point right now to where he has been able to control all these creatures. Yet now it's frustrating him that he doesn't have the power enough to control these spider things. And maybe that's the inner storm. I don't know. Maybe uh, it's I don't know. It's just weird. I I wish I had a better answer to it because it's bothering me. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think I think your your theory is probably a good one where you know it's just kind of hinting at what's to come, but I don't know. Maybe maybe his attempts to use the force to influence the weak-minded creatures will, mm-hmm. or just creatures in general, will will play a big role in the in the season finale, uh, or or maybe episodes to come. Because I, I feel like there's there's something there's something going on there, right? They he's tried to control these creatures too much and it's really only him it's not all the rebels so there's right. some some reason why Ezra is doing this and it'll play yeah. into the larger story in some way right that's so what makes sense to see what happens so it, it's at this point where the crew is trying to escape after they've been able to uh, rescue Rex and they're running all over through the tunnels they're getting up to their ship and they realize that the ship is kind of webbed to the ground. This bothered me so much. Okay. Okay. Uh, I see so where what, you're coming from on this. Isn't like, so I'm, let's assume, I'm, I mean, it's possible that the entire planet is just rock. And in which case, okay, I understand it's webbed to the ground. I'm still not convinced that again, this like, okay, hang on. I need to like figure out how I want to address this. Cause it's okay. really bothering me. So there's two things. First of all, web shouldn't be able to hold a ship down. This is a multi, multi-ton, I don't know how heavy because I don't remember off the top of my head, vehicle that you know, is, has edges capable of fl- picking it up off the ground and into the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And somehow the spider web is, or sorry, crickno web, is enough to hold it down. Like this is back on the cargo, like, oh, if they have that, the rebels are pretty much going to win everything because this is now like the strongest material possible in the galaxy. Right, but... But maybe they make the tow cables out of. I don't very, know. Very true. But we did find out later that it may be powerful enough to hold the ghost to the ground, but a lightsaber can slice through it. Because yeah. how is how were they able to cut that off anyway? I mean, they tried to put the electricity through the ship to get the Krikna off. Oh, I said it right that time. Wow. Um, and and they tried blaster fire on these Krikna to get them off. And a lot of it's yep. of no avail. And in fact, even got to a point where one of them got into one of the airlocks and Rex was in the ship, which this is another point in which you almost thought you were going to lose Rex again. The Krikna got in and almost got Rex for a second time. But a mm-hmm. lightsaber can get in there and cut the webbing. Yeah, it just... So that's my first problem with it. The second problem is most planets aren't just straight rock it's possible but i feel like it's not common and so i really feel like the web would have been like sucked to sand not like the rest of the planet right (laughs) yeah but if it's a technically coral planet then maybe that's a way to explain away maybe maybe it's all rock in which case i guess more power 
like my first issue still stand, but mm. I don't know. It was just it it was a weird. I understand what they're trying to do. You know, they wanted this dramatic confrontation, and it it, it works if you ignore the physics of it. Well, the suspension of disbelief. Uh, big suspension, but yeah, yeah. big exactly. No, yeah. you know, and here's an interesting thing. You know, you have these droids. You have you have technology. Why is it that they can't basically like today we can Bluetooth into something and automatically send a signal to open a door or you know to play a radio, but here for a droid to open a door or to get over to a console, they have to extend an arm and plug into it. You know, well, you see, after the great droid uprising of 2347, uh-huh. uh, wireless signals were banned, and droids have to be hard <laughs> behind and everything. See, I, I thought they had AT&T. <laughs> oh. Yeah, oh, no, works great for me. But Oh, sorry. Um, now we're blacklisted. <laughs> um, but... So no, it, it it was it did strike me as odd, right? Because yeah. uh, there are multiple times, at least two, maybe three times in this episode, where um, the rebels are like, "Quick, chopper, open the door, the ramp, close the door, whatever it happens to be," right? And he'd be like, "Oh, okay," and he'd kind of like turn and wheel over, you know, roll over to the uh, to the console, and then stop and plug in, turn, connect. Then the door would shut. And, like, it took, you know, so much longer than it could have if he just wirelessly said, you know, connected to the ship and said, okay, close the door and and had the action done right away. Yeah. I think for – I get why they might do that just because it's um, – it probably makes more sense visually than than having, you know, one of the crew tell, tell Chopper, close the door. And, like, a split second later, you see the door close on screen. You're like, right. well, what did Chopper do, right? Because it's, it's, you know, all internal. But, um, Well, you could also I don't say know. It's, it's for dramatic effect as well. Yeah, it, it just seems to add a lot of extra time. It's kind of, this, it's like this one random thought that that, that, that struck me as I was watching it. It's like, wait. Well, actually, speaking, I, I was going to say, so you're talking about things that, add, like, seem to be exist to add time. The one I really missed is we. There's a long shot of uh, Chopper docking the, uh, oh, the yeah. Phantom into the Ghost, which I don't think I, I don't remember ever seeing before. Well, we've seen it dock before, but I think this is the first time we've seen it dock before to where it literally will go cockpit in with the engines out. I'm not sure if this is the first time we've actually seen the Phantom go in engines first. With cockpit out. Really? I'm pretty sure that's what the... Isn't that what they always did? No. Yeah, it always docks that way. No, 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 no. I swear I thought I saw really? it one time go in where it was cockpit first, engines out. Huh. Huh. No, I think we've seen it... Um, either way, I, 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 I probably don't have a good enough memory to, to tell you definitively one way or the other. Yeah. But it was cool to kind of see how, you know... The, the shot was kind of cool how he backs it in expertly right. and ends it. It was yeah. cool. But, uh, but no, despite the, the Krikna... They, you know, they do. Kara especially does not want to give up the the base without a fight. Mm-hmm. And in fact, like they kind of talk about how they don't really want to tell Commander Sato that it's not working out too well. Yeah. Um, which is it's, which is fascinating. They're that it's, desperate for peace. It's hard to blame them. Yeah, it is. It is. After everything they're going through right now. Yeah, so. they need they need some place where they have to set up some kind of base because they can't always be on the run. 
You have to see it from that point of view because it seems like in every episode, it's almost to the point to where every episode we've seen them have to go get fuel, which is completely understandable. But you can't have every episode where it's like, we need to find a base, we need to find a base. You yep. know, you have to get a point to where one of these two major issues has to be settled so the actual story can continue forward. And if they can set up this base, then that's one issue settled. And then that way they can get fuel on a consistent basis coming. So that's two issues settled and the story can continue elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then, uh, of course, you know, while the ship is, is trapped underneath the, the web, uh, which, which Steven absolutely loved. Um, yeah. Yeah. We, we do get a nice sequence where, you know, the, the, the Crick now are kind of, they're, they're invading, they're, they're breaking into the airlock and, and Rex has to kind of kick the creature out and, 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 you know, defend it by himself. They try, um, you know, routing the auxiliary power to the hull to shock the, the Crick now off. That doesn't work either. And that's when Sabine realizes Oh, the sensor marker repels the creature, and uh, they they decide to 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 grab. They realize they have one sensor marker, you know, a, a little ways away, and so they they pick up Sabine and uh, Kanan and, and and Ezra do and hurl her with the force. This was cool. uh, to pick up the sensor over to the sensor, but but she landed just a little too far on the other side of the sensor. And almost died. She yeah. almost fell off the side I, of the cliff. I can't believe they one didn't like pick her up and set her down nicely. And then like, couldn't you? Have, I don't know. Use the force to, like, to grab her. Or even like, oh no, she's falling, guys! I realize we're in trouble, but we should all run and try and save her right now because, oh. you know, I just, yeah, it's so I mean, bizarre to me. There, there's been so many times that they've caught each other with the force, right? Like Kane yep. has caught Ezra. I'm surprised he just didn't catch Sabine. And of course, you know, if she were a real Mandalorian, she would have had a jetpack. She even uh, she makes a comment. She <laughs> yes, makes she a does. comment about I, that. I enjoyed that quite a yes, bit. Yes, that was a good comment. Yes. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that. Mm. Um, yeah, but, but she, uh, did, she did get the sensor just by the skin or the, the, the claw or whatever of her teeth to actually get that sensor. Because there is one of those little Krikna coming up to go get her. But when she finally got mm -hmm. the sensor, she was able to use that as a shield to keep them away so she could get it to the ship mm -hmm. so they could leave. But it was actually kind of a sorry. No, I was going uh, to say, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. One of okay. you needs to go. <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to say was it was actually kind of cool to see uh, when she picks up the sensor. She was almost you could almost see like the surprise on her face when it actually repelled them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, she was like, because, you know. They 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 kind of had a theory that that's it was repelling them, but they didn't know for sure. And so she picks it up. She's afraid she's gonna die, and she's like holding it. Although it's kind of interesting, she's actually like pointing it at them, like it's a, a weapon. Yeah. Uh, even though I mean, I'm assuming it's emitting a signal, so just like some radius around it, mm -hmm. turning it wouldn't impact that radius all that much. But uh, I would expect not. Uh, there's other questions around with the sensor too, like you know why can't the ghost generate a similar signal yeah you would think but, just plug it into the but, ghost um but anyway um I, I i did enjoy her her expression there but to, but tom I, I think you had something you wanted to oh to no i was going to bring that up about why couldn't they just plug it into the ghost to use the ghost to get, ah, you know that one okay so gotcha well sorry i stole yeah. your your point yeah no eh. that's okay 
<laughs> but we do get, you know, uh, they, they grab the sensor, they make it back to the ghost, and they're able to to slice the webbing um, and with their lightsabers and uh, and free the ship. It was kind of cool, actually, the, the, the animation where they slice the webbing and instead of just hanging there, mm-hmm. it kind of like the... the it kind of like burns it all burns. the way up the webbing. Yeah. And then and then that does get to the other point to where if you have a ship that can fly in space, you could have easily have ignited your engines in the back to burn the webbing because if a lightsaber can cut it and it burns, then an engine firing at full speed should have been able to do the same Tom, thing. Tom, you're, you're being way too logical about this. <laughs> I, I get it. I believe you. I agree. I'm bothered by all of it. And there's nothing we can do. No, because this is what they went. Well, Actually, my my favorite thing they did in this episode, if I could, I'm going to move us forward slightly. Yes, go ahead. So it's okay. We can't give up the base. Here's what we're going to do. We'll set up a fence of sensors to keep the Krikna out. And if this isn't a Jurassic Park moment, <laughs> I don't know. What <laughs> like, this is set like you're like, actually you're, you're right. I didn't think about that. Yes, it's exactly Jurassic out, Park. It's the Krikna are in the compound. They're overrunning the base, and then, you know, everyone dies, and they take a helicopter out. I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen Jurassic Park. Yeah, but My but point it, is, this is a bad plan. It is. <laughs> it's, it's a bad plan, but you know it's also a bad plan when they've got all that fence set up, and you see them on the other side of the fence going back and forth, knowing one of these times, as soon as one of those sensors goes out, man, a good wall. There. We're coming through, yeah. man. Yeah, uh, a, a tiny nitpick too. I was also surprised how many sensors they need. Yeah. Because like they, the 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 radius at which it repels them is not that big. If you look at it, it's yeah. maybe a couple feet. Yeah. So that they don't have those sensors every few feet, like you know, they're not gonna uh, have much luck. Mm-hmm. All right. So here here's another interesting thing on that on that point. If they're gonna have all these sensors in one location, don't you think that may be a telltale sign that something's down there? Oh, let's say a you know, Imperial Star Destroyer comes by, and they see these sensors down there, and maybe pick them up. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting question. I, I think though at that point they would probably also notice all the ships that are are landed. Oh, that's you know, true on, on the surface and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I forgot about that. I think the 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 whole idea about this planet is it's 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 in an uncharted system. It, no one's ever found it before. It's not on any star chart, and so mm-hmm. that is kind of their their secrecy. Not. You know, by the time the empires around the planet, I think they're already in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, at, at this point, I would have to agree with Hera. I would not give up a base like this. I would try as best as possible to do everything possible to make this a base to at least give the rebel fleet some kind of reprieve for maybe a month or two. But I don't think mm-hmm. this would be their long term solution from from the look of this and with the the Krikna and again. With a fence like that, setting it up like Jurassic Park, I, I guess we're going to have to send them a videotape. Oh, wait a minute, DVD or MP3, whatever you want to call it. Um, they would learn that fences really don't work well with creatures on the outside that are very willing and able to get in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and so we get the, you know, William, you mentioned this earlier, we get the scene with uh, Kanan and Ez- uh, Ezra, Kanan and Hera talking about, you know, I didn't want you to go. I thought we were going to face this together, and I still don't know why the crew has to split up. I guess it's dangerous for people, but you know, I don't think Hera or Zeb are really afraid to take on the Inquisitors. But I said this is the last time we see him this season. I, I think 
again, I'm, my theory here is that they actually are needed to fight the Empire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they don't act, then Kanan and, and Ezra don't know how long they'll be gone. Right. Uh, cause I mean, even Zeb makes that comment at the beginning, like, Hey, by the time you're back, maybe we will have defeated the empire. Um, you know, I, I think they, they expect them to maybe be gone for a while and, and, and kind of like, you know, they, they've helped the rebels. Now it's time to, to do the thing they need to do and, and put an end to these, these inquisitors and, and, and Vader, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're going to go off and do it, and I think maybe they can't afford uh, to have Hera and the, and the and the rest join them. Maybe uh, that, or, or they're also just, or it's either or or an and because uh, they could work together as well. They um, they know it's it's a it's a job just for the Jedi, and it wouldn't make sense to have non Force users join them. But we, you know, that does lead us to this great moment where you know Kanan is talking to Sabine, and she, you know she says. Um, you better go talk to Hera, and Kanan is completely clueless. It's yeah. like, why? Yeah. What's wrong? Yeah. She basically just does, a, you know, a yeah. face palm, and like, come on, you need to go talk to her. She's upset that you're you're leaving, and and that's kind of leads to that that discussion, and 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 their their hug eventually, and and they talk about how you know Hera wants to face everything together, and it was definitely the most one of the more couply moments of them even though they've never actually had a relationship mm-hmm. uh officially on the on, on the show um they were kind of hinting at it pretty strongly here well it will be interesting to see how this episode the i'm sorry the next episode ends and how everything carries over into third season because oh, that yeah. I... yeah it's i mean don't know if that's a telltale sign with the little hug at the end but it'll be interesting. Very. Interesting. I I hope it's not their last moment. You know, I I, still I don't think to, it will be. I mean, go ahead, Don. I I still get back to what what Greg said originally when we talked to him that Rebels is set up as a three act play. There's a beginning, middle, and an end. So something something will be happening in this episode that will end this act. And has to lead into this third act. So, I mean, there's there's a couple of things I can think of, right? It's, yeah, I've got a couple. Ezra too. turns the dark side. Yeah. maybe I don't know. Kane, I feel Kane like doesn't he ha- make it. Yeah, Kane doesn't make it, and I think the big one, the one that everybody thinks is going to happen at this point, is oh, yeah, Ahsoka, um, Ahsoka yeah. doesn't make it. Yeah. and the reason is, and you know, um, uh, obviously we're we're we're, we're not. We still think our final thoughts on this episode, but mm-hmm. in the preview, there's a preview clip for this episode, uh, the one at the end of Rebels Recon, and we actually see Ahsoka and Rex talking, and Rex says to Ahsoka, you know, they're talking over a holog- of our, uh, hologram, he says, um, they basically call back to how Ahsoka, you know, outright technically, you know, I outrank you, right? Uh, Ahsoka's line from the very first time Ahsoka and Rex meet. And and Rex says, in my book, experience outranks everything. Mm-hmm. The fact that they're directly referencing the very first line of dialogue that those two share mm-hmm. is a little scary. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It, it's kind of like, oh, coming full circle. Remember that? Remember the first time you two met? Well, here you're going to re- reference it because they may not survive. Mm-hmm. Soka might not make it out. And I really hope she does. But that, seeing that preview was a little bit frightening. Well, 
Maybe misdirect. I, I, I don't know. Hopefully it's misdirection. It's what I'm banking on. Yeah, but uh, whatever it is, something big will happen. Yeah, something big will happen, yeah. and then then it also gets back to you know going into Star Wars going forward, the, the the linear storytelling of the story. At some point, these characters are not there. So, mm-hmm. at and some we're getting point, closer. Right, getting closer to the to the original trilogy. Right, something's got to give. Right, at some point, correct. Something's got to give. Somebody's got to go. They all have to go, or they all just end up being. You know, what was this? Why was the story told? Yes, it's a backstory, but something has to give. You just can't leave. Ventress, Ventress is a good example when it comes to the Clone Wars. And, and it came to the comic books. Ventress was a character that was just hanging there. You know, yeah. at a certain point, she got, if I remember correct from the comic book, she got into a starship and said, get me out of here. And she was gone. Okay. Then all of a sudden she came back into the Clone Wars and fighty, fighty, everything else. And she ends up being a bounty hunter. And she ends up having her storyline at the end of the Clone Wars just hanging. They went into book form and they finished her storyline in book form. Mm-hmm. So that storyline is gone. So now you've got this point here in Rebels. You're getting to the point, like William, you said, we're getting closer to you know the actual story of Star Wars where everything's supposed to pick up. Storylines have to come to an end. You can't leave them hanging. And it's going to be a big episode. With- it is. Darth Maul and Ahsoka and Vader and uh, Ezra and Kanan and the Inquisitors and it's it's oh my oh yeah yes exactly it's it's gonna be uh, quite the season finale I am sure I cannot yep. wait to mm-hmm. see this yep yep are we ready for a rating yeah um, I think so okay um I'll go first I'm gonna keep it short and sweet. Um, I agree. Watching it the second time, it was better. Um, I'm going to have to give this episode a 6.5. Um, and again, I'm, I'm keeping it short and sweet because I think mm-hmm. we're going to have a lot to talk about coming up on the next episode um, or the next two-parter that um, this is a short and sweet episode. Move the story forward. They established a base, hit a couple points that, that, Rebels has been hinting they needed to do, and it's a 6.5 episode. I'm taking my 6.5 Womp Rats, and you're probably wondering what's powering those sensors that keep the uh, uh, clicklet, whatever they are, away. They're Mm -hmm. actually Womp Rats inside, (laughs) and it's not... Of course. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm getting there. It's not that they're running on wheels to keep them powered. It's actually... The smell of the Womp Rats oh, that oh, repulses wow. these spiders to keep them away. Okay. So they live, but it's the smell. So anyway. Love it. Yeah, 6.5. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, who's next? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go. Because okay. um, yeah. I feel like I usually been going last lately, so I'll, I'll, I'll give Steven a little more time this, this time. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I, I enjoyed the episode, like I said. I was a little bit too tired the first time I watched it, and I was kind of not too happy with it. Uh, second time I watched it, I was I really enjoyed it quite a bit. And uh, you know, was it is it a perfect episode? No, it's it's more of a calm before the storm type of thing, where as long as you're not expecting something major to happen, 
um, it's it's enjoyable and it kind of again has those callbacks to Clone Wars episodes and starts to bring all the pieces together. Um, so I'm gonna give it. Uh, oh, and actually, um, two more things really briefly. Uh, I liked seeing Sabine taking on more of a leadership role in the rebellion, which was nice. Um, and uh, also, I don't know if you noticed, but the music, uh, we talked about the music at the very end being more, you know, the Imperial March type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, throughout the rest of the episode, uh, especially at the beginning, um, it almost had a, you know, a rebel base like theme in from Return of the Jedi. You know, um, we are when they're on the, the rebel base and just before Mon Mothma is, uh, is talking about the Death Star 2 and everything. Uh, that music um, was definitely heard in this rebel base, so I like the connection there. So, uh, with that, I'm going to give this episode seven and a half Womp Rats. Um, and my Womp Rats, well, um, the the best way to defeat the Krikna, actually, is to, I mean, you can use your Womp Rat sensors, for sure, the Womp Rat odor sensors. Um, <laughs> but what the Rebels decided to do, they, they realized, after after using these sensors, um, this is after, you know, Kanan and Ezra left, they, they figured out that the, the most efficient way to take down the Krikna is actually to shoot a... Uh, it's basically to, they basically constructed a Womp Rat cannon so they can shoot the Womp Rats at the Krikna's eyes. Oh, and it's like this projectile. And you know what? If they miss, the Womp Rat can just crawl right over to the eye and, and poke it itself. There you go. So, um, yeah, that works. Seems unnecessarily complex. But just think about it—a womp rat cannon. It's true. I rest you, my case. It's hard to beat. I really hate to say <laughs> this, but now that you mention it, that should have been the name of the show: Womp Rat Cannon Podcast. Oh, jeez, no. <laughs> just, just Please, think no. of the logo. Just think of the logo. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Steven, Steven, quickly, quickly. give us your Uh, Okay, so I'm going to actually split the difference this time. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 Womp Rats. Um, I actually liked the episode more on my first time through because I wasn't, I didn't have the time as much to think about all these weird kind of physics things they did that didn't seem quite right to me. Um, I noticed some of them, but they weren't quite as glaring. A little bit odd, again, in placement. Um, Definitely feels like a penultimate episode, you know, with everyone saying goodbye. Yep. I, I kind of wish we'd had a bigger send-off for the Rebel crew, maybe something more related to taking down an Imperial target, but this actually, I think, still works pretty well. Um, so I'm going to give it a 7 out, 7 out of 10, and I'm going to be very, very simple. Um, let's see. There's, you know, there's that old joke about what you do when you're being chased by a lion with a friend. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is, you don't have to outrun the lion, you just have to outrun your friend. Right, I'm huh? just dropping the womp rats behind me and running. <laughs> and hoping so, that buys me time. So you're leaving them breadcrumbs, but they're womp rats. No, no, not breadcrumbs. I don't want them. I don't care if they follow me. I just want the Krikna to be distracted by the things in front of them instead of by the other thing, me, that's running farther okay. ahead. Okay. Hey, that works. Nice. Yeah. Well, coming up on Ion Cannon, I almost said coming up on the Clone Wars again. I'm so used to that. Yeah. Uh, Rebels Season 2, Episodes 19 and 20. This is the finale, folks. Twilight of the Apprentice. In the shocking season two finale of Star Wars Rebels, destinies will be forever changed and iconic characters will reemerge and it will surely be the most talked about episode of the season. In the one-hour finale, Kanan, Ezra, and Ahsoka seek out an Inquisitor to gain information about Vader, but soon encounter an unexpected ally in their fight against the Sith. 
When their search leads them to a confrontation with Vader, voiced by James Earl Jones, the three Jedi and their new ally uh, must marshal all their strengths to survive. The two-part finale, which airs March 30th, is directed by executive producer Dave Filoni and features the return of Darth Maul, uh, voiced by Sam Witwer, etc. That's directly from the press release. Um, Man, I I cannot wait. This is going to be great. It also sounds like Maul might be teaming up with Ezra and Kanan, which is... Very interesting. Well, it's going to be interesting. Could could this could this see the start of a splinter within the Sith? I'm not not splinter within the Sith. Um, Could this kind of be the start of the Knights of Ren? Interesting. I don't know. There's we don't really know what happened to Maul after the uh, fight with Sidious, do we? No, remember because he was he was basically betrayed by Sidious. Mm -hmm. Sidious, Right. right. They, uh, and Sidious captures them and says, I have plans for you. And we never find out what those plans are. Yeah, so I'm, I'm curious to see what state Maul's even in and who he's working for. Yeah, mm-hmm. he might feel completely betrayed by the Sith. He might not consider himself a Sith anymore. Mm-hmm. So, that's why I said, could, could he be the start of the Knights of Red? That's yeah. a very interesting theory. Yeah, because mm-hmm. how did Ezra get that lightsaber, the green bladed lightsaber that looks like Kylo Ren's? Yeah, and we still we saw that in a preview, right? Yep. And we didn't see it in the episode. Oh, you're right. I was expecting to see it in. So dun, dun, that is dun. true. Man, I cannot wait. This will be great. Yeah. Oh, this is gonna be so cool. And Twilight of the Apprentice. Which apprentice is Twilight? Is it? Yeah. But is it Twilight by way of we're losing an apprentice to death, or we're losing an apprentice to the dark side? It's such a great title, too, because we actually have three apprentices at play right now. We have uh, Ezra, obviously. Yes. We have Ahsoka, the yes. former apprentice. And we have Maul, the Sith apprentice. Yep. And so mm-hmm. this could go many, many different ways. Um, it's also possible that Maul uh, recovered and repaired the Twilight from the Clone Wars. And that's all the whole episode is just about how he rebuilds the ship. That's true. That that could be very true too. <laughs> I'm kidding, folks. I know you are, and that's why I'm saying <laughs> that, I'm saying it that way so we can say I think it's time we start yeah. bailing out of here. Yes. Okay. Yes, I think I think we're done. Yeah. We will be back mm. next week with Thanks our review listening. of the season finale. Thanks for listening. Don't forget Facebook, Twitter, and email us. All that and maybe stuff. MySpace. And and maybe MySpace. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I just figured if we were throwing stuff out there, I'd try and be cool. MySpace. We have a very now, vibrant right? MySpace community. Yeah, we do. So, good night, all. Anyway. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away, including Rebels, the sequel trilogy, spinoff films, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help the show grow within the Star Wars fan community. Visit our website, ioncanoncast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get in contact with us by emailing contact at ioncanoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any of their respective trademark or copyright holders. Any and all opinions are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production of fans by fans and is copyright 2015.